Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. Now, in this week's episode, it's going to be me talking, and I'm basically going to be answering some of the biggest problems that you guys and girls suffer as as mountain bikers. So the way that it came about, I put a post on my Facebook page just asking what your biggest struggles are that you suffer from right now, and I'm literally going to be going through some of those now and then answering them. So that's exactly what today's episode is going to be about. It's going to be about 30 minutes long, and it's just going to be answering the biggest issues that you can suffer from as a mountain biker and how to solve it so you should learn quite a lot really in this episode the other thing before i start so you might have seen already on facebook or if you're on my daily email on monday june 3rd the prices of a couple of the mtv fitness products are going to be going up and just because we're going to have to start charging that soon so the 12 week mountain bike training program which is at the program that most people start on that's going to be going up from 30 pounds to 39 pound 50 and then the 16 week advanced program which is the follow-on to the 12-week program is going up from 40 pounds to 49 pound 50 and so that's going to be on monday june 3rd at 7 p.m the prices are going to change and they're going to flick over so if you're thinking of getting the 12-week program and you've not got it yet it'd be worth buying it before june 3rd and if you've already got it or you think uh, or you sorry if you've already got the 12-week program and you're thinking of doing the 16-week program or if you just want to do both over the next kind of few months it'd be worth grabbing them both before the 6th sorry before the 16th before the 3rd of June at 7 p.m. and then it'll just save you a tenner on each program so it's worth doing it by then and um, so yeah you can go to www.mtb.fitness to buy both of the programs if you want to and yeah let's get on with today's episode enjoy Right, so I'm going to be going through, I've not prepped this or anything, I've just got a big list here of about how many comments have we had, 237 comments with people telling me about the biggest struggles, so I'm literally just starting from the top and I'm going to be scrolling through and then answering ones that that sound good. Uh, So first of all, he's just literally put strength and nutrition, so I mean this is a huge topic, (laughs) there's so many things that we could talk about right here, Um, I won't go into each one, what I would say is go back to the brain dumping episodes of the podcast because I think the first one was about the basics of training and nutrition so I would literally just go back and listen to that first episode of the podcast of the brain dump podcast and because I go into detail for about half an hour on those things obviously listen to all the other episodes as well as we talk about that and you can also I know I've already talked about it at the beginning of this podcast but grab a copy of my 12 and 16 week programs and the nutrition guide because that tells you everything you need to know and but yeah there's some there's some advice to get you going go listen back to the other one um, Farrell, this is a good one. So a guy called Farrell, uh, I presume it's a guy, it could be a girl. Let's have a look. It's a guy. Um, Farrell has said that occasional advice for novices will be really appreciated. So that's a good point. It's something that I don't really talk about that much on my Facebook and Instagram posts and in my daily emails. If you want to sign up to those daily emails, go to the website. Um, advice for novices is a good one. So there's so many things we could talk about. I would say the first thing would be to join as many Facebook groups as you can, really, that give good quality. So join the MTB Fitness Facebook group. Join a load of other Facebook groups. Join some local Facebook groups to you, obviously for mountain bikers, and just soak in the knowledge up there because you'll learn so much just from someone will post a comment saying something like, my hands are going numb when I'm riding. Has anybody got any tips? 
just read the comments because you'll learn so much. You know, someone else might ask about tire pressure and then you can read the comments about them. You'll learn so much just from starting to really get into mountain biking world. So join a lot of Facebook groups. That would be a great top tip to start off with. Um, 100%, <laughs> I feel like I'm plugging MTB Fitness loads there. Uh, 100% follow MTB Fitness on Facebook and Instagram and sign up to the daily emails, which you can do on the website because then you'll just get tons of information every day. That'll help. Um, go to YouTube, watch GMBN. So that's the Global Mountain Bike Network. They do fantastic videos every single day. I, I really, really, I, when I got back into mountain biking a few years ago, I was watching those videos and I still watch them now, to be honest. They're great and entertaining. So that's GMBN, Global Mountain Bike Network. Go watch those videos. Um, I'll say one mistake that I made when I got into riding was that I used to try and go way too fast. So I used to try and ride faster than my skill would allow. So I'd used to, right, I want to be as fast as the really fast guys and girls. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ride as fast as I can. I'll fall off a few times and then I'll end up just being fast. Now, what ended up happening was that I was riding way, way, way faster than I had the skill to maintain. So I was literally crashing two, three, four times on every ride. Like I come back with scratches everywhere. Um, and after about three months, it culminated with me going over on my ankle really badly and tearing my ligament as bad as it could be torn really with it before you snap it so I was off the bike for a good well <laughs> I ended up riding much sooner than I probably should have done but I couldn't ride properly for a good few months and that was just because I was trying to run before I could walk so what I would say is rather than trying to keep up with the fast guys and girls rather than trying to go too fast to hit bigger drops than you should be doing to just just build it up gradually so stay find your comfort zone and find what you're really comfortable comfortably riding at like what steepness on descent what speed that kind of thing and then just push it ever so slightly every ride so do something that makes you slightly nervous you shouldn't be outright terrified but you also shouldn't be completely comfortable like a flat bridle way like you just need to push it up every ride and then i would say be patient with it like you're not going to be as fast as a world cup downhill rider maybe ever <laughs> um, most of us myself included probably won't ever end up that fast but you can strive for it and um, but you're not going to be as fast as you want to be in week one so i would say just really really gradually build it up week on week the other thing i would say as well ride as much as you can there's no replacement for time on the bike but then I would also add in some strength training and some interval training on the side. So maybe a couple of times a week, I would do some strength training. So do some workouts either in the gym or at home a couple of times a week. Make those MTB specific. That will really help. And then the other side of it would be do some interval sessions as well. So once, maybe twice a week, you can either go out on your proper mountain bike or a road bike or do it on a static bike. And just do interval training sessions where you go as fast as you can and as hard as you can, then slow it down. Then as fast as you can, and slow it down that will really give you a brilliant base to to build on and um, some more tips you'll probably notice if you're listening to this and you're not a novice that these tips apply to everybody not just novices uh, get some coaching so i definitely recommend getting some skills coaching that helps immeasurably when I started, I used a guy in the Pete in the uh, Pete district. He really helped me out to start off with. If you want his details, just uh, drop me a DM on Facebook or Instagram, or send me an email. And um, he really, really helped me out to start with. It was literally, it was just the basics of like how to start when you're on a steep climb. So if you've ever had one of those moments where you're climbing up a steep climb and then you stop, when you get back into riding 
it sounds stupid to more experienced riders, but it can be really hard to get going again. So little things like putting your bike on a diagonal and finding a bit of a clean run and then starting out made a huge difference for me when I was a beginner. Um, and things like line choice as well and how to climb technical climbs. Like one thing he taught me, I don't know, around a couple of months, was that on long climbs, see it as different sections. So if you look ahead and you see a steep technical section of the climb, chill out before you get to it and get your breath back so pedal slowly and then attack that technical section with a bit of speed and then when you clear it go a little bit slower Um, and i learned that through coaching so getting some skills coaching i highly recommend uh, if you need to lose weight, lose weight. That's another good thing you can do. The the lighter you are on the bike, the fitter you're going to be. You could just lose a pound a week and it will make a phenomenal difference to your riding. So that's another thing you can do. Um, get around other riders. So the fitter, faster, more skillful riders you can ride with, that really, really helps because you'll see them take lines you've never considered. You'll pick up on the body language. You'll even pick up on like the mood before they drop into a descent and you'll see when you're going up climbs, you'll see the lines that they choose and you'll see what they do. Um, and if you get with some decent riders or some nice riders, they'll, they'll give you some tips as well and teach you different bits. So that really, really, really helps. Um, and don't get obsessed with your mountain bike. You're probably not going to buy a five grand bike when you just start riding. Um, you know, you might do. I've got nothing. There's, n- there's nothing wrong with doing that. But if you're starting off on a 700 quid, 600 quid second hand mountain bike, that's absolutely fine. Most people start there or with a cheaper bike. So don't worry about it. Just ride that bike. And then if you get more into it, you can save up your money. You can upgrade the bike. You can end up on a slightly better bike as you move on. Um, but that's all part of the fun. Don't worry if you're on a sort of cheaper bike to start. So there you go, there's some tips that are specifically for novices, but they definitely apply to me and you and the most experienced riders. So yeah, I'm just going to unlock my phone again. Let's get the next question. Boom. All right. Da, 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 da. Do, 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 do. Right, so a guy here, Paul, is saying, uh, it's quite a long message, but the one that I'm going to zone in on, is becoming too obsessed with Strava and targets and comms. Um, so com for those that don't know well first of all Strava so Strava you probably know if you're listening to this but if you don't Strava is an app that you use to measure your rides and then within those rides you have segments and then those segments are compared to your times for every time you've ridden it and then everybody else who's ever ridden that segment on Strava so it's easy to become obsessed with it I think I'm a big fan of Strava, first of all, so I think it's brilliant for mountain bikers. It gives you some actual numbers to work towards, which is brilliant because you can see week on week whether you're getting faster or whether you're not. But then the downside to it can be that you can get completely obsessed with it and it can ruin a ride. Like if you know that you're on a segment rather than just riding it comfortably, you can attack it. Um, And if you're trying to do that over like a 20 mile ride, that can just knacker you out and it can take the fun away from it. You can go out and have a really, really fun ride and then get back and check your Strava times and you're slower. And sometimes that can, you can feel like you're not progressing. So that can be sort of like the downside to it. And I'd say the other side of it as well is that while Strava times are brilliant, they're not actually necessarily... Sorry, I just banged the microphone. I didn't make a big bang for you. <laughs> um, Strava times are actually the truest reflection of your fitness. And now the reason I say that is because when I've set most of my best Strava times or top tens or got the occasional comp, I've been specifically trying to get it. So let's say it's a climb that's half a mile long. And... Um, 
I've saved my energy for that climb on a ride, maybe for the first five miles. Then I've got to the bottom of it and I have absolutely attacked it as hard as I possibly can. And then when you get to the top, you are just blowing out your arse, you're knackered, your legs are on fire, you need a good five minute rest to get your breath back. And then I carry on the ride. Now, the next time I ride that climb, I can ride it at like 70% of my max and get to the top. I'm going to be nowhere near my maximum time. But that doesn't mean I'm not getting fitter. It just means that I've not gone for the effort. Um, so it's important that you use Strava as a tool. Use it to measure your fitness. It's brilliant for setting goals. Like I'm a really, really big fan of it. But try not to get too obsessed with it. Um, I actually ended up having a crash on Monday. So on Monday, I went out riding and there's about a mile long downhill near me. It's very gradual, but it's rutty and peddly. Um, there's a few technical sections, uh, but if you make a mistake, it's one of those where you just come straight off because you're in some thin ruts for a lot of it. So if your wheel gets caught on the side, you're just straight over the bars. So I was going for it. Ozzy had just beaten my time. We get dead competitive. <laughs> so I was heading down the hill and I felt a bit nervous before. It was the first descent of the day. But just feeling a little bit, a little bit nervous, really. Like I was, you'll have felt it yourself, you know, when you feel a bit tight on the bike and your knees are like clutching the bar a bit too much, your hands are a little bit tight, you just feel stiff and you just have that slight nervous feeling. So that was at the start of the descent. Now, what I should have done was slowed down at the beginning. I should have cruised down, taken my time, smoothed off a bit, just relaxed, tried to get into a little bit of flow. And then naturally, I would have ended up going a little bit faster. By the bottom of the descent, I probably would have been flying. And then the second descent of the day would have been great. I didn't do any of those things. (laughs) What I did was I just completely ignored my emotions. And I set off at the start of the descent. I sprinted it to it. And I was just flying down. And there's like a main section of it, main segment of it on Strava. And then it split up into three or four other segments so i beat my time on the first segment by quite a bit i don't know 10 seconds something like that um some of these short segments that was quite a bit but i made two or three mistakes like i took a long right wrong line choice ended up you know dabbing my foot slightly just to keep momentum going and you know you're just not riding very well now that the two or three mistakes there were a sign as well that I wasn't riding that great but I ignored it I kept pushing hard got into the next rutty section and then I was looking at one line and another one couldn't decide which one to go in and then before you knew it bang my front wheel had hit the side of this rut I was flying over the bars um, and I actually ended up my, my arm ended up underneath me so it ripped back under my body and it pushed my forearm if you picture like the way it shouldn't go it pushed it right back and it was just purely the sort of muscle in my bicep and my forearm that stopped it from snapping but when I sort of like sat up I was 50-50 as to whether I broke my arm or not because I felt it snap back and I heard a bit of a crack and um, turned out the crack was just my handlebars like tapping the floor but I was thinking, what a fool. Like, I've been riding so good recently. It's been glorious weather. I've been out three times a week. And I nearly broke my arm purely just because I was trying to beat my Strava time, which really, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, I ignored my emotions. I ignored my feelings. And it could have ended up badly. Like, right now, I could be talking to you with a broken arm. And it would have been stupid because I was just trying to beat both my own time and my mate's time. So it's about getting that balance, really like listen to your emotions you strive for for what it is and it's a brilliant tool but if you take it too far you can end up doing what i'm doing and nearly injuring yourself so i would say use it but don't get too obsessed with your strava times or else you'll end up doing what i just did uh, right 
Next up, going to do about 10 more minutes of these. And then I reckon I'll do another one of these this week because this is a really cool format. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I enjoy wittering on with myself. <laughs> right, I'm just scrolling through Facebook now. Uh, right, I've not read this before. So Michael says, for me, motivation. I used to go out regularly, say several times a week. It's a lot. I've been out once this year hoping to regain my passion, but sadly it didn't seem to work. Any help appreciated. By the way, I live very near Fort William, some of the best mountain biking in the UK. So that's a good one. That I think we all have times when motivation dips. I will, there's, there's quite a few things that you need to look at to figure out why your motivation is a bit lower right now. I'll say, first of all, sit down with a coffee, no technology, no books, no distractions, nobody else, and just silent, either in a coffee shop or on your own for half an hour, and just start to reflect onto what's causing your lack of motivation. Like, you sit down and actually look into yourself, and you might find that you had a big crash before that's made you nervous about riding, and subconsciously, that's making you not want to ride so you think it's a lack of motivation but actually it's a bit of trauma from a crash um, or it could be that you're mega stressed with work right now or it could be that a family members just died or is ill or something like that um, it could be that you've got a lot of stress going on so I don't know you might be arguing with your your partner regularly something like that generally for motivation there's something else that's having an effect on you but the only way you find out that isn't by distracting yourself with social media and staying busy all the time. It's through doing the opposite. It's through getting quiet and it's through sitting and it's just through thinking. And then what you'll start to find is you'll start to get to the bottom of why you're lacking motivation. Like it could be that you're just working 12 hours a day, six days a week and your energy is absolutely knackered. So you need to figure out a solution to that to get that motivation back. So that's one thing I would definitely start looking at. The other side of it is that it might not be anything as extreme as that and you might just be in a slump. Like, if you don't exercise for a while, it's really hard to get going again. You need, it takes you two to four weeks to get back into the momentum of it. So it might need you to just force yourself to go out and ride or to go to the gym or to do a bit of both. You might need to force yourself to do that for two, three, four weeks before you get to the point where you're looking forward to riding and you're looking forward to training again rather than it being a drag. So that would be a good thing that, that you could do. I would say just kind of like just be disciplined and push through it. Uh, another tip if you're struggling is to buddy up with a partner so if it's a riding friend something like excuse me just hiccups if it's a riding friend something like that if you agree to meet them at a certain time on a certain day you're a million times more likely to turn up to that ride and to do it so that really helps uh, another tip for motivation booking an event so on last week's podcast i told you that i'm doing a 24-hour mountain bike challenge to raise money for alzheimer's research uk uh, cheeky plug go to 24hourbikeride.com that's 24hourbikeride.com and then you can donate there please that would be really appreciated um, but that goal uh, it's 24 hours is an effing long time to ride and we're not doing it as a relay we're just riding pretty much non-stop together for 24 hours so it's not that I'm doing 2 hours and Ozzy's doing 2 hours we're just doing it steadily for 24 hours so that's a big challenge and that's keeping me motivated so if I don't feel like going for a ride I'm like well you're going to be riding for 24 hours in a couple of months less than that so you need to pull your finger out and get on the bike so you can book any event like I'm doing a 24-hour mountain bike challenge for charity you can book a race you can book a British Heart Foundation event like the London to Brighton um, just book in something for that's say two to six months out is a good time any longer and you'll find I've got a sneeze what 
that's me as you can tell these are unedited <laughs> um so yeah booking eventing two to six months out is a great amount of time to book it in any longer than six months and you'll find that it seems so far away that you can just sit on your ass without worrying about it if you get an event booked in, that really helps your motivation. It helps hold you accountable to it. So there's some good tips to get your motivation back. Next up, I think this will be the last question of the day. Uh, Mark writes, time, 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 work, kids, work, no time without feeling selfish and then a sad face. I can completely understand where he's coming from. Now, I don't have kids, but you know, we do have a lot of responsibilities. I work with clients three days a week and I might do a 12 hour day on those days and I run MTB Fitness the rest of the time, which takes up a lot of my time. Then you've got the time with Sophie and trying to juggle seeing family and all the other things. Um, so whilst I do have more time to train and ride than some other people, I can definitely relate to the issues of trying to juggle your time. The biggest thing, and I actually wrote an Instagram post about this based off... Um, based off this question from Mark, was that you need to focus on the time that you do have rather than obsessing over the time that you don't have and wishing that you have more time. Because if you just focus on the time you don't have, you're, just, you're never going to end up doing anything. What you need to do is you need to sit down, you need to look at your diary and you need to think, right, I really do not have a lot of time. What time do I have? And you'll find that there's a half an hour gap on a thirty on a Thursday night when you finish work that's free. It's like, right, there's 30 minutes there where I'm free, I could do something. That You might buy a turbo trainer and you might do 30 minutes of intervals every Thursday night in that half an hour at home. You could get up. 20 minutes earlier and you could do a quick bodyweight workout so you could do press-ups and squats and lunges and do 20 minutes before you go to work um you might find that i don't know once every couple of weeks you've got a babysitter for your kids and your partner likes to go and do something else so that's your time to ride so you need to schedule that in you just need to focus on the time that you do have rather than the time you don't have um i understand that most people can't go for six hour rides three or four times a week it's it's for most of us that's not going to happen but that doesn't really help us so i would say focus on the time that you do have on the other side of it try and create some time as well so what can you can you work a bit more slack can you work a bit more smartly can you arrange with your partner to alternate nights that she does something and you do something or he does something you do something um things like that like just just focus on the time that you do have rather than the time you don't have and work hard to create some time so that you can get it in um, right let's squeeze in one more da, 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 da. I'm just scrolling randomly I'm going to pick a random one da, 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 da. I'm trying to find one that I've not answered it's quite a lot of ones for uh, newbies actually I hope the answers earlier helped you out da, 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 da. reading through them now right here we go so sue says hi as i'm riding quite often i see people grinding on their bikes and not spinning in a lighter gear maybe it could be useful for people to understand how to keep those legs going without blowing up as a result of being in the wrong gear oh mike so i think he's asked on his uh, missus account by the look of it Right, so what you're talking about is you look at some people and they're in a really high gear you look at other people they're in a slow gear and they're pedaling faster um that comes down to leg strength and your body is very very efficient at finding the right gear for you so we've all been riding along up a hill and you just have that sometimes you feel that you're spinning out 
you're going a little bit too fast. Other times you'll feel like it's a real slog and you're trying to grind to keep the pace up. So listen to your body on the climbs and just go in your natural cadence. Um, rather than any tips of this is the gear that you want to be in for this gradient, gradient of climb, just listen to your body, listen to your legs, and it will naturally find the best cadence and the best gear for you to be in. So that's the best tip around that one. Um, don't worry about what the person next to you if they're in a higher gear like it doesn't really matter they've probably just got stronger legs than you um, Ozzy my mate does quite a bit more weight training than me so his legs are stronger than mine so when we're on a climb I'm doing a faster cadence and a lower gear he's doing a lower cadence and a higher gear if we both attack a hill we both finish at pretty much the same time we just end up doing it in different gears so it doesn't really matter the one way that you can look at it though um, is that right I want to be able to push that higher gear and go at like slightly lower cadence what can I do to improve that the answer to that is that you need to do some weight training to get stronger legs so things like squats uh, leg presses step ups those kind of things with heavy weights that will help you get stronger legs so that you can push that higher cadence and intervals with a high resistance will help as well so you might do 30 to 60 second intervals on a super high resistance at like 60 revolutions a minute so you're going as heavy as you can you'll feel like you're going through quicksand on the like steepest of gradients that will hold you help you build that leg strength as well um, so yeah, that's the answer to that question. So there you have it. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Um, it's a really good format, that actually. I quite enjoy just going through and answering questions. So I'll probably do another one of these next week in this format, and then we'll get some more guests on again um, after that. But yeah, if you do want to submit some kind of problems or some questions for these, just drop me an email. It's matt at mtb.fitness. And that would be a really good way for, for you to get your questions answered. I it's, when I, When I put a post on Facebook and Instagram, I get loads of feedback straight back so i put a post out on facebook and i can see if it's doing well based on how many likes it gets and based on how many comments i get and um, with a podcast you kind of just put it out there and then you don't always know whether you've enjoyed it or not so i would really appreciate if you enjoyed this podcast or you've got some tips for me to improve it do just email me i'd really appreciate that to matt at mtb.fitness um, or if you go on the website there's a contact form there just send it through me that way I really like feedback. It's great if I hear, yeah, I really enjoyed this format of podcast or I feel it's a bit longer, it's a bit short or I talk too fast or, <laughs> you know, any kind of positive or negative feedback is really good. So please do email at me or message me on social media or use the contact form on the website. I really appreciate that. Uh, and the other thing is, like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, if you're thinking of getting the 12-week or the 16-week program, I highly recommend buying it before June the 3rd, before both programs go up by £9.50 each, pretty much a tenner each, because you're, you're just going to be saving money. So if you're thinking of buying it, you may as well buy it before then. Um, June 3rd, they'll both be going up in price. Um, you can do that on the website, www.mtb.fitness. Other than that, I really enjoyed that episode. I'm looking forward to doing another one like this. Thanks for listening to me rattle on. I hope it helps you. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.